0: Blog Talk Radio. network with co-hosts sherry knowlton and jm west our mystery and suspense novels are published by sunbury press under the mystery imprint milford house i'm sherry knowlton and i write the alexa williams series of books dead of autumn dead of summer and dead of spring i'm currently working on the fourth dead of winter
1: hi and i'm J.M. west I write the Carlisle Crime Cases series, and I have four so far, Dying for Vengeance, Courting Doubt in Darkness, Darkness at First Light, and Had a Dying Fall, featuring homicide detectives Christopher Snow and Aaron McCoy. The four titles are now available on Kindle and Barnes & Noble ebooks for just $2.99 each. I hope my latest book, Things Strangled, will be released in the fall of 2018. Today
0: on the Milford House Mysteries, we're pleased to have mystery suspense author Beverly Connor. We're going to chat with Beverly about her Lindsay Chamberlain and Diane Fallon mystery series, and two other books that she's written in collaboration with her husband. One's called Murder in Macon, and the second is the Poplar Creek Mysteries.
1: Dr. Beverly Connor is an archaeologist, uh, an author of 22 years, and she has two different mystery series. One is called The Lindsay Chamberlain, and that includes A Rumor of Bones, Skeleton Crew, and Questionable Remains, and I believe there are three more, and she can tell us about that. And then the more recent Diane Fallon Mysteries, One Grave Less, A Forensic Investigation, and The Night Killer, and others, and two collaborators collaborations with her husband, Charles, um, which uh, Sherry has already mentioned. Originally from Oak Ridge, Tennessee, Dr. Connor has a Ph.D. in education from the University of Georgia, Athens, where she worked as a research assistant in the Department of Anthropology. Her expertise includes bone ID and pollen analysis, in addition to field excavation. So, blending southern culture and a quick wit with her knowledge of bones, she weaves stories about buried history and unearthed tales of dark deeds that her heroine brings to light and exposes criminals who would rather keep those secrets hidden. Welcome to Milford House Mysteries, Beverly. Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. And like you mentioned, I used to be an archaeologist and uh, when I was working in things, I didn't write, I only wr- wrote things in my field, but I always had a story in my head, and it dawned on me one day how much our uh, archae- archaeologist was like a detective in that they both work with biased datas, data, the only data that's just left, like a, maybe post hole stains on a site and some broken pottery to come up with a full story, well, a detective does the same thing. They have like blood stains and shattered glass and things like that, and they try to build a story of what happened at the crime scene. So I thought, you know, it would be a great idea to have an archaeologist who is also a detective, and that's how the Lindsay Chamberlain series was
0: born. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I mean, I think a lot of people, when they think archaeologists, I think Indiana Jones. So, do you have a fedora that you wear?
1: <laughs> I don't. And Indiana Jones is actually what's called a pot hunter. This is not, um, archaeologists call people who just look for fancy artifacts like pot and fancy pots pot hunters. Uh huh. Arche- yeah, archaeologists really look for, they have to have things in context context and indiana jones went in there and he would just take one artifact and take it out and there was no measurements or anything like that so so we don't we don't do we do things a little bit different than than uh, he did and i haven't had had to outrun some giant boulder (laughs) about to run over me (laughs) well tell us a little about how the diane fallon series evolved well, I went. I was uh, first published by midsize press, Cumberland House, and that's the that was with the Lindsay Chamberlain series. And my agent got me uh, a contract with uh, Penguin. And what they wanted was they didn't want Lindsay Chamberlain, but they wanted the same but different. <laughs> so I thought, okay, how am I going to do this? And I wanted to stay in my comfort zone because my comfort zone was always in um sort of academia, so I made her a uh, she was had had to be a forensic anthropologist because that 's what they wanted was bones mm-hmm. and so I made her a human rights investigator that was burned out for that, and she became a museum director. So then I had to do all this research on how museums work, which is a lot of fun. I enjoy doing research. And that was sort of how she was born. So she works out of in, out of this uh, museum, and the uh, people, the uh, authorities in the city, the police, police decided, you know, this would be a perfect person if we uh, had her do a crime scene analysis because she has all this expertise so she's in part of the museum and one wing is a uh, she does crime scene work so she's a woman who really works harder than is realistic and has more jobs than anybody has <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's why they call it fiction I guess um, uh, yes it is <laughs> <but> <laughs> so then how um, is she? so she's the, the the museum director, uh, or she does the, the, the work in the museum. W- tell us a little bit about Lindsay Chamberlain, which I guess was your first series?
1: Yes. Now, Lindsay is a professor in um, archaeology at the University of Georgia, and she um, she's also a physical anthropologist. And because of that, she was called upon... Uh, Quite frequently, I started to say occasionally, but it's not occasionally at all. Quite frequently, she's called upon by uh, the police uh, to identify uh, human remains. And that's how she gets into the mysteries. And one problem you have with mysteries, if you have an amateur detective like that, is you've got to come up with a reason why they get involved with the... uh, with the mystery itself, because normally the police investigate this, and you you random person just can't come along and say, "You know I'm going to help you with this, would you share evidence with me all right so I have to, had to come up with a reason why Lindsay gets involved, even though she's the forensic she does the forensic works that's all the job in real life that's all she would do. she would not be involved investigating, so in each book, I have to come up with a reason. Why she gets deeper involved in it, and it's usually some kind kind of attack on her or somebody she knows or, or something of that nature. Okay, and then your new your newest Poplar Creek mysteries, you have another protagonist, uh, coroner Doctor Lee Turner, and how does uh, she get to Carter's Mill? Well, she, um, this is, and Charles is the primary writer of these. I don't do any of the writing. I do the uh, work on the uh, plot. Oh. But it all started with, Murder and Macon is part of this, this series, and Murder and Macon takes place when the main character in that one is Frank Hayes, and it's when he was very young. And that started from an experience that my husband had working in the Planning and Zoning Commission, at uh Macon in the seventies long time ago, hmm. and it's always stayed with him, and so he r- developed a mystery out of that, and I helped you know with make it into a make it into a plot and then we m- moved forward we m- recently moved back to Oak Ridge, which is my Oak Ridge, Tennessee, which is my hometown and it's uh, Oak Ridge is a secret city it was built during World War II to uh help with the war effort and basically it was separating uranium 238 from two, out of uh uranium 235. So, and it, it no one knew about it uh, up until until the war ended. But and now we're sort of uh, have a lot of science going on and we have a lot of a lot of uh the businesses do scientific things. And so we used this science aspect of Oak Ridge to come up with another plot of uh, things that were suddenly people started dying, and they didn't, I mean, in large numbers, and no one knew why. And so the coroner of this little fake town that's right outside of Oak Ridge is, uh, it was her job to try to figure out why these people are dying, and then the mystery arises from there. And frank Hayes is still in this one, but he he has a small part, and he mainly occurs at the end, but he does have a have a a small part in it as a much older man hmm. so they are
0: related they are related yes hmm. well, I know that I read a um in the description of one of your books. Um, it said, "The bones of the dead reveal the secrets of the living." I, I really, I really like that. Um, so, tell us a little bit um, because clearly you've taken what is your expertise um, and turned it into these two plus with your husband three book series. Um, how do you take that? Uh, is that the whole foundation of the books the um, the analysis, uh, and is this what you trained in exactly what these two uh, protagonists uh, do?
1: Well, mainly uh, archeologists you, you can go into different things and i I mainly analyzed artifacts, but they since archaeology encompasses so many things like pollen, you have pollen analysis, you have uh, Uh, Geology. You have um, bones. You have animal bones plus human bones. So you've uh, botany. You learn kind of all of these things. Now, Mm. I was what I did in particular. What I analyzed uh, debitage. Probably none of the listeners know what that is, but it's the waste flakes of making like projectile points, like arrowheads, spearheads, things like that. You can actually reconstruct those. To and 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 find out information like, for example, who, uh, like specialization. Did you have one person making all the arrowheads, or did everybody make their own? For and did men and women make them, or just was it just men? So you find any piece of the puzzle, you find out, you learn a little bit more about about that whatever site you're working on, and that that was my specialty and. Um, <clears throat> But in coming up, I learned how to identify. You learn how to identify bones. You learned I did pollen analysis. You did all of that, and so yeah, every I use all of that that I learned to come up with the, the plots and for all of my books. And I find the the readers they enjoy learning new stuff. Yes. And uh, the Lindsay, all the Lindsay Chamberlain's. If you read. Read them all, you have a good idea of what archaeologists do. I, uh, when I would go off for a dig, you know, and come back, people would say, Well, did you find anything? And I was always taking, taken aback by that question. It's like, Of course, I wouldn't have spent the entire summer working if I didn't know something was there, or the <laughs> principal investigator did. You know, we just don't go start digging, mm. we know something is there, and you do that because. The one way you know it, for instance, is you know settlement patterns about where the Native Americans built their uh, villages. Another is that you have uh, do surface collection because artifacts tend to percolate up, so you find a whole collection of like potsherds and things like that. You do a test pit, and you find out if there is a site there. So I realized that people didn't know how archaeology actually works. And so with each book, there's a little bit different aspect of archaeology that uh, people learn how to do. Wow, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, I was just at a conference this weekend uh, with a group called Pen Writers, and one of the speakers there said that there was a a survey done um, recently of uh, why people like suspense books. And the main reason was because they people like to learn new things. Exactly. So yeah. it's exactly what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I was wondering, Beverly. After you know you've been writing for like 22 years, and I was wondering, uh, what are your biggest challenges? I mean, you're an expert in your field, and you've been doing this for so long. Do you still have challenges, uh, writing challenges? Yeah, I uh, th- think all the time, uh, like even my specialty—I you mean, know—I said it was you know stone tools, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time it was Mississippian archaeology, which is about a thousand five hundred years ago. Well, every book in the Lindsay Chamberlain series couldn't be in that area. I realized right away I had to uh, expand a little. Or it was going to get real boring going from Mississippian site to Mississippian site. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn, like, for instance, with Skeleton Crew, she's excavating a Spanish galleon off the coast of Georgia in a coffer dam, which is uh, like a donut in the, in the ocean there, and they su- sucked out the water, so she's working in the dry. Well, I'd never done underwater archaeology. I had never done historical archaeology. I didn't know, I mean, a lot about the ocean or uh, Spaniards at the time. It was a galleon. I didn't know about ships. So I had to research all of that and I think those are the challenges because you know, I may know archaeology, I don't know all of archaeology and in the books you don't just have archaeologists you have people maybe uh, who, they may be into physics or they may be into geology or they may be into something and you know, I've got to research all of those things I've, you know, I've got to make them look like they know what they're talking about, and, and too, they had, you have to flesh out your characters and your plot. And can you tell yeah, us the, a little bit about how you do your research? Is it mainly online? Um, well, uh, when I was in Georgia, I used the library a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, do some online, but there's only so much you can do if you're going if because of the, the readers I have, they really like learning new stuff, and they like learning cutting-edge stuff. And there's only so much you can do with Google. You really have to get textbooks and, and or, or journals and things like that that does have the cutting, cutting-edge cutting stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I have to do, um, there I had to do library work. But I also like to own the, uh, a lot of the books, text, and things that I use. So I have a sizable personal library of things that, that I need, and so that's. I'll, I may begin on Google, but then I'll have to find ways to go uh, a little bit deeper. And fortunately, a lot of uh, professional journals are online now, so that's helpful. Mm-hmm. And that's you the first thing re- I do. Of, oh, go ahead. No, I so said that's the first thing I do is research because uh, I work with a Lindsay Chamberlain sometimes. I'll have a mystery going on. It's usually a double mystery. One goes on in the past and then one in the present. Mm -hmm. Well, I need to, uh, if there's a murder done in the past, it needs to be connected to that particular culture, something that's reasonable to happen then, not just a generic thing that I could set anywhere. And to know what's going on, and to know what you know, what are the things that I can use as uh, as not only clues but as reasoning, as a reason that they would might commit murder. I have to do all the research first. And so with the Lindsay series, I have to know what kind of site she's on. Once I know that, I do all that research for the things I'm going to need to know. And then the story just flows from that. I just have my characters sit down start talking to each other, and it just goes from there.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Do do you have a real network of experts that you know through your – As an academic, I would think that you know people in other fields that you can contact if you need specific pieces of information, or don't you do much of that? Do you do most of it, as you've just described, through Google and then book research?
1: In the beginning, I used uh, uh, people like uh, we had had a friend in Georgia, had a friend who was a crime scene specialist. And uh, so I used him, and I used... uh, you know, just people around. I knew the the archaeology, so it was, you know, I would just call up people if I needed to know something. Something different. Mainly, what I do now is I can do most of it uh, the way I described. Do most of it myself, uh-huh. and that works out pretty well. Yeah. And how about your collaboration with your husband, Charles? Does he does he go ahead and write the book, and or do you read and write and back and forth, and you plot, or how does that work? How does that how do, how do you things. like working with your husband? How does that go? Well, because <laughs> because he's the main author, now it would not work at all if I decided to pull him in on the Lindsays or the Diane Fallons. That would not work because I, you know, psychologically I own those and mm-hmm. I'm real. Uh, I want to say protective. That's not it. It's just like it's mine. You know, possessive. <laughs> And yeah, possessive—that's the word. Thank you. And but with him, when he's writing, these are his stories he's come up with, mm-hmm. and um, he's doing all the writing. And what I do is I read it and say, I don't think this is going to work. I think this is this is what would happen here, or this would be a good idea that would, uh, or these are good. This would be a good clue, things like that, and try to smooth out smooth out the plot. Hmm. I see. So and that word consultant like a Pardon? Consultant, a can you consultant, you're more of a consultant maybe. uh well, a little oh, bit pardon. more than a consultant because I think I have written a paragraph or two or a, oh, a little okay. bit and yeah. uh i have uh we have gone deep into the plot, and I have you know you know he has these ideas, and I have changed think- i have saying you no know, this this would be a better sequence, I think, and we discussed that, and it works out real well because. I go in with the attitude is that he owns this. This is his, and, he po- and he's in possession of it. So I can work that way. Yeah. Well, that's good.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, the, the division of labor is probably a, a sort of a good good way to approach it, because otherwise um, I think, you know, you have to have some game plan for a, coll- a collaboration, I would imagine. Uh and a, a style that meshes, and you know, you two know each other pretty well, so that probably helps. Um, so I, far I guess it's worked out pretty uh, well. well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have okay. any
1: marketing tips for uh, newly published writers, or or any tips or writing tips for that matter? Uh, main, main, the best writing tip is to. Every day, sit down and write something, even if it doesn't have anything to do with the book you're working on do do uh free writing
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh that just keeps you going uh marketing tips is that's something that someone needs to write a book about because yeah. when you first get published the the uh it's on the writer to do most of the marketing now the publisher yeah. does some things but. Mm-hmm but it, it's the writer is doing it. And I was very fortunate to get published with a woman in my writer's group, and we got published at the same time. And so we uh, collaborated on that, and we would do things like we uh, wrote dinner theaters, mystery dinner theaters,
0: mm-hmm. and put
1: them on at libraries and things like that. We um, developed a calendar, a mystery calendar where each month had a little mini-mystery on it, We did that. We got a list of all the independent bookstores, the major, not all of them, the major independent bookstores in the United States,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and did mailings to them. We made brochures. She made a brochure for her book, and I did one for mine, and we would do these mailings, and that helped a lot. Um, Amazon helped. They they really made a big paradigm shift in publishing because. Before, when you get published, you had, if it was a paperback, you had about three weeks of shelf life, and then they would pull them, mm-hmm. and a little bit longer if you had a hardback, and that's the way the bookstores worked. That, that's sort of the way they had to work to make money. Well, with, and when Amazon came along, uh, your book was like always in print. Yeah, and that that helped an awful lot because people had time to find your book. Yeah, so yes. uh, I I use am I, I use Amazon a lot because it um, because of that reason because they they keep your books there they. Um, and then when the e-book started, that was something else entirely because most of the contracts are written that you get your rights back when your books are out of print. Well, if you have e-books out, when are they out of print? They're
0: so, not. Uh, They're always
1: there. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, you know, it's it's been sort of interesting. T- it's interesting to try to, you know, wade your way through the, the publishing business. And I think it's well worth it in the end, but it's... Uh, as you know, yes, it is a difficult task. Yes, it is, and now your books are available worldwide, and and, and have been translated into um, other languages. So, did yeah, you aid and them? that that, is a, that was the, sort of the cool thing was uh, the Czech Republic because mm-hmm. they changed in the first one they changed my name, which was actually kind of cool because they have in their language they have a um, suffix for if you're female, so. On my books there, I'm Beverly Conorova. Oh, uh-huh. okay. okay. I
0: thought that was kind of nice. I might use mm-hmm. that sometime. <laughs> well, that yeah, that is. Yeah, it is good. Well, well, Beverly, what are you working on now? Um, or, or Do you have a new book that's going to come out soon, or are you just at the beginning of a, a process with one?
1: Well, I have won the first uh, kill site which is the next in the Lindsay Chamberlain. It is the first draft is almost done and uh I you know, have been working on it a very long time. In fact I saw I read something somewhere where someone was asking questions about different authors and they said, Is this author dead? I thought, Oh <laughs> no, I've really got to get a book out there. Uh, oh my goodness and so anyway I'm working on kill site and also working in um, kill site is the name of it is well in archaeology a kill site is for instance where uh, you find a lot of animals that have been killed for you know food and resources and like you may find a lot of buffalo or something like that Mm -hmm. well in the crime scene there's a kill site and a dump site and things like that in, in crime scene analysis and the kill site is where the person was murdered and you know, you may have a dump site where they were dumped. Right. So I thought, well, that's a perfect name because it goes with the archaeology and it goes with the mis- well, you know, with the crime scene analysis, and that's sort of uh, what what it's about. The uh, working on a Diane Fallon, which I haven't. I'm just starting. Called Blood Evidence. Um, I'm also working on a fantasy called Song of Stones. Oh. And so th- the problem is is I've got too many irons in the fire right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I'm working on all of these things, but I'm about to concentrate on Kill Site and just get it done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, is there yeah. anything else you'd like to share with our audience or like where your books can be found or where you are on social media? Well, right now I'm on... Um, the books can be found mainly on Amazon and um, Barnes and Noble and places places like that. Mm-hmm. You can occasionally find them in bookstores uh, because most of the uh, most of them, the hardback and the paperbacks are out of print, and, mm-hmm. but the e-books are still there. And but occasionally you, I, I find the the hard you know the other books the in bookstores. So that's kind of cool. Uh, I would And so uh, you can get them from me but I prefer people get them from the bookstore. Right, I and uh, there. <laughs> yeah. And from yeah. uh especially from like Amazon. I shop a lot on 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 online and so there's a whole bunch of online bookstores and they all have my books. The um I'm on Facebook and it's um Beverly Hess Connor. The Hess is my maiden name, but I also have a Beverly Connor fan page, and that would probably be the one where you find out about my books mostly. And I also have a website, BeverlyConnor dot net, mm-hmm. and it is down at the moment because I was going to. I, I discovered that I'm a, I have an iMac, and so I have it. Uh, so it's all. Mac, you know Mac,ware, mm-hmm. and they discontinued my um, software that I used to create. I, I create my own websites because I kind of enjoy doing that. And so they discontinued the software. And so when I tried to update it, all of a sudden, you know, it wouldn't update and it collapsed everything. So now I've got to learn new software in so order I to I get your
0: put, website back. Yeah. yeah, so
1: I've got to get it back wow. up.
0: Okay. Well, I think we're start uh, just about running out of time for the the half hour. Um thank you Beverly. Um I enjoyed hearing uh about this and you setting me straight about Indiana Jones not being a real archaeologist. <laughs> um I I'm about to go to the the beach uh in about a week and I was thinking Skeleton Crew might be a good beach read because it's uh, you're sitting there looking at the water. So um,
1: well, my dentist I
0: might said it
1: was. <laughs> that. Yeah. It is. It's excellent. Good.
0: Yeah.
1: And thank you, thank you for joining us, and thank you for um, sharing your time with us. And uh, I'd like to just remind all our readers that uh, Sherry and I, and our books are also available at Sunbury Press's online bookstore, Amazon, Barnes and Noble and other uh, online sites as well. And a special thanks to all of you who are listening to the Mets House Mysteries because um, we're going to be on again in two, two weeks, and our program on June 7th at 2 p.m. Sherry and I will discuss detective fiction on the Speak network. And you can also follow us on social media.
0: So, on social media, I'm on the web at www.SherryNolton.com, plus I'm on Facebook and Twitter. In fact, I have a name, a character uh, contest going on on Facebook right now if you want to have somebody's name that you want in one of my my next books.
1: Oh, that's clever. Um, And I'm on Facebook.com slash Carlisle Crime Cases by J.M. West, And my website is under construction. So uh, thank you again, Beverly. And until next time. Well, thank you for having me. See you later.
0: Thanks, Beverly.
1: (laughs) Thank you.